The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Saver Card. Earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment, 2% at grocery stores, and 1% on all of their purchases. Been a great first hour here Thursday, the Rosillo Show. Adnan Burke. Adnan's in a great mood. He's relaxed, get a little bit of a beer. We're going to tell some Adnan stories from yesterday's Talent Summit. Speaking of NBA, uh, listen, Woj's going to appreciate it. I went and saw the Raptors' sons last week. we got to save some time. OG Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet. Raptors are coming, Woj. Everyone always talks about OG Boston OG had a great Cleveland. game the other night. Raptors are right there, man. They, they love, the organization loves that young core players they have. They they love that. that you know, a lot of them are in that second unit. They, mm-hmm. They've drafted well. They've uh, OG was a great, was out with a knee injury all last year. I know we're getting deeper in the Raptors. Than we See, that's this why. This is great I, stuff, Woj. Keep no, it going. But they no, did. no, no. Let's he, not keep he it going. should have. Tom, Tom Crean knew, like, they knew how good OG was at yeah. Indiana. Late, classic Tom Crean player. Kind of a, developed more in college. Wasn't a big-time high school player. Um, and you just see, you, you saw him start to blossom. And you had the knee injury. And now, in a great, they have a really good development system in Toronto. Guys get better there. Yeah, if he's healthy, he goes higher than you could see the no physical question. stuff. But I, hey, we got Adrian Wojnarowski here right now, and we mapped out an entire game plan before we brought him on the air, and then Adnan just jumps right in. Just a passing just, comment. Yeah, That's all right. it was. Throws <laughs> it in. Okay. Thunder get the win last night. Yeah. We knew the storyline was George's return to the Pacers. But if we go bigger picture with this, we're talking about a marginal playoff team in Oklahoma City. There's still a lot of people that just go, hey, it's the talent. They'll figure this thing out. I'm starting to wonder if Westbrook becomes a guy that's just really hard to play with. We have evidence of that whole thing. What's the long-term scenario options for this Thunder team as they're struggling through the first third of the season? Well, they they have there are a lot of directions they could go with this. They could go directions at the trade deadline. They can go directions this summer. But I still believe here's what they're encouraged about in Oklahoma City. They're not in a place where there's finger pointing. Where um, you you. And I've talked to a lot of people around there from locker room and coaching and front office and, and, and agents around the players. There's there's still a good vibe there that we're going to figure this out. And that's half the battle in doing this because these are all high IQ players and um, an organization that has had a lot of success. And that there's time. It isn't – I know we all – and it isn't a rush to judgment. They played uh, – what is it now, 20 – uh, well, they're 27 games. 27 games. Okay. It's a 14, lot. 14, it, it is a lot. And yep. but, uh, you know, does Carmelo stay in the starting lineup? Does, um, you know, there, there's certainly some decisions that can be made. But there's no question. Other executives in the league are waiting to see if this team doesn't find its stride. Do they look to make a deal for Paul George at the trade deadline? What would that market be? I mean, how realistic? If, if we're talking about 8-9 seed, do you think that they would do that? Do you think their read on this is that George is going to be out of here no matter what anyway? You know, like how much does this play impact his decision? I, a thousand questions all over. Yeah, and I think that they they don't have to make the decision now, and I don't know that they're – I know this about Sam Presti. He's going to have, and he is, mapping out a lot of different scenarios and then be prepared for whatever road they go down. That's how he does the job. That's how good GMs – do the job, but listen, is it conceivable that Paul George tells them in early February, I 100% know I'm staying, guys, don't worry? Probably not, but even if the team was playing really, really well, there's no real motivation for Paul George to lock himself in like that, especially, and he went through this, you you saw it play out here in the last 24, 48 hours, going back to Indiana. They have treated him great in Oklahoma City. He's been grateful to how they've welcomed him, how it's gone, he wants it to work. 
he's not interested in putting pressure on them or misleading anybody. That's it's not what his motivation is there. And so Oklahoma City believes this: like if they can just get this team in the playoffs, um, that they'll be dangerous. And it, Sam knew when he traded for him, they had other. You know, there was another deal they might have been able to do where they could have brought a guy in there at a wing position on more years and decided, no, we're going with Paul George. This is our, like, we know it's a big risk. We know it's going to be hard to keep him. But I, I do think that th- they want to give this more time. And uh, if they do trade, if they do decide, if they did decide to trade him at the trade deadline to get any value, they're going to have, they would have to work with him to find a place that he'd be willing to re-sign with. Because no team wants to give up a ton of assets for a player who may just be a rental if, if that team thinks he's just going to L.A. And then there's other teams who are going to say, we're really good and we can win with him. And then we'll, we'll we'll roll the dice. We think we could convince him to stay. It kind of gets right back to where it was in Indiana leaving. Talk with Adrian Wojnarowski right now on the Rosillo Show. You mentioned Los Angeles, LeBron to L.A. Rumors are going to keep continuing. There's an article we used in the magazine about that very prospect. I obviously know there's plenty of time, Woj, but what do you think is where where are the wheels kind of turning with regards to LeBron in LA? Because you know everybody in Los Angeles already has the Hollywood sign being replaced by LeBron sign. Listen, anybody, any big market that has some talent that has relative cap space this summer, like they'll be like we're going to talk about them as a candidate. Whether it's LA, whether it's Philadelphia, whether Houston doesn't have the cap space, but. Daryl's pretty deft at creating it. They they usually build their roster, and they have built their roster to to be able to um, move contracts and be able to create space. So I, I believe, I said this before the season, and I've learned this in covering lots of free agent, big free agents a year out. There's a roller coaster with free agents. Like anybody else who's making a big life decision, you're going to change your mind a thousand times. How you, what LeBron and his group saw how they saw things in July, August, September is going to be different than how they saw see it in December, January, and then in the playoffs. This, I know everybody wants an easy answer to it. There isn't. And how does this Cleveland team finish up? What does it look like? What do they think of the young players in LA? Does anybody else want to go to LA with them? The idea of LeBron going in alone and talking to people around him and they, like the idea of him going in there alone is more difficult. Is Paul George going to go in? Is the Marcus Cousins going to go in? It's like, right. And the other thing I think is worth mentioning too is like, do you do people actually think LeBron watches his Lavar Ball soap opera and goes, I can't wait to get involved with this? <laughs> there's there's nobody in the league who's looking at that and saying that's something that's inviting to me. And and that's LA knows, <laughs> yeah, LA knows they have to deal with this right. because right now you could make the case that he's become the face of their franchise. That's not right. <laughs> yeah. like, it's true. LeVar Ball is the face of the franchise. Right now, he, he has been this year. And and that's not... T- Listen, Brandon Ingram's been great, yeah. but he's the most... He's the name that's most associated with it, whether... And, like, you can't have it, and that's why... That's as, as, as Ramona, <laughs> yeah. you know, as Ramona reported, like, yeah. Ramona Shelburne reported, and, you know, they met with him and said, this can't go on. Nobody wants, uh, you know, other agents of players. Nobody wants their players being criticized by him in the media, or the coach doesn't want to be criticized by him, because... It just becomes a story, and we know what it what it becomes. So, I don't know that it's going to factor. Um, LeBron, I'm cer- certainly is bigger than all of that, but is it helping them? No, it's not helping them. But I would think that there's got to be a course of action here in LA at some point where they feel like they get a handle on this. Um, 
I mean, that was their plan anyway, right? Remember, Magic was going to put his arm around LeVar. None of this was going to be happening. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Here we are with the Rockets, 22-4. and four. They win again last night. They have not lost a game in which Chris Paul has started. I love what D'Antoni's doing. By seven, in the beginning of the year, I'm like, wait, are they really going to do this where one of them is always on the court? I thought it was kind of a funny line. That's what they're doing. The second unit has been great because of him, meaning Paul. Uh, what are you willing to do now when you talk about the Rockets coming out of the West? Like, what? How has that changed for you now they've played 26 games? I mean, they've been remarkable, and they've really defended and uh, you know, that's the other part. That's I mean, it's, not just, it's not just average now. It's good. And, and part of it was they got better defenders. Yeah. You know, they went out and, you know, they're, you know, when they hired Mike and, and brought in uh, uh, Jeff Pizdilic as the defensive coordinator, and but they got him better defensive players. And um, they've, um, they, they've been a very well-balanced team. And uh, Harden has defended better this year. And, and but again, it's, um, you're isolated on guys less. You have less opportunities to look bad when you have other guys around to uh, uh, to help. And so, and Houston will continue to look to get better. Um, they're always big game hunting. You know, if Paul George was available, of course they would. That's what Houston does. They always are trying to find a way to get uh, another big piece. I don't. Do they have the assets to be able to do that? They tried with Paul George in Indiana last year. They didn't quite have the assets to do it. Um, and that Ryan Anderson contract is tough, but. Think of how fortunate they are they never did the Carmelo deal. Yeah, I was looking at the numbers with Melo, and you're going, that's a classic example. Like, we'll bring him in, we'll figure this thing out. And and Melo's been a mess with OKC, and Anderson's been great, even though they're trying to move that contract that, That's out. the bigger, the biggest hindrance, going back to the Thunder, the biggest hindrance to them short-term, long, well, over the next two years, is Melo is owed $28 million on his deal next year, which he can opt out of. Uh, it seems very would, unlikely he's right. going to opt out of. He's not, he's clearly... He's command that no, and he's not going to command. He would probably take him a a four year deal to get that, or a three year deal. It's not so. They have to budget in in Oklahoma City that he's there next year, and the idea of Paul George staying, and then paying Paul George Russell and uh, Carmelo, and they're paying the repeater tax as a team in the luxury tax consecutive years. It would be almost impossible to keep Stephen Adams. It would be impossible to keep Roberson. You, a small market team, couldn't pay the luxury tax they would have to. So there's a lot of big financial decisions that weigh into what Oklahoma is going to do here. What do you have coming up on your new pod? Uh, they just dropped that on you. Him. Well, no, I, mean, just, I, I, I hate. I, I have a secret. Here. I have. Um, a, uh, I have one scheduled for Saturday with, I think, one of the best up and coming players in the league. But what I hate. All right, and all well, of a sudden, something gets it. canceled, yeah. and then, like, oh, you yeah. expect it, and right. then it doesn't. So, Look, Shabazz Napier cancels on you. We'll understand. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, we'll Thanks, tweet Josh. it out from the show account. Whoa, she's the best man. Thank Thanks, you. Guys. All right. ESPN <laughs> NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski joining us in studio, giving the straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, best phones, best networks, no contracts. We have the worst NFL rumor of the entire season later this hour. But up next, who is the most famous person that intimidated Adnan at the talent gathering here on campus? He's going to give you that answer coming up right here on the Rosillo Show at ESPN Radio. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. 
Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. Today's horoscope brought to you by GEICO. Capricorns, today is a perfect day for romance and fun-filled activities with your partner. And by fun-filled activities, we mean shopping for car insurance. Luckily, you'll find that switching to GEICO could save you hundreds of dollars a year. You'll keep this day of romance going at the hardware store by arguing for half an hour over the color of your backsplash. Love is indeed in the air, Capricorns. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. We got the dumbest NFL rumor, perhaps, of the season, and it's going on right now. We'll get to that coming up with Adnan Burke today, the Rosillo Show. It's ESPN Radio. This is an awesome show, all the different stuff. We got Brewski a little bit later, and then we just found out tomorrow. So I'll be hanging out with Vilma. Vince Wilfork's going to come on and talk to Vilma. Great. We have scheduled this week's sit-down, Carlos Boozer, on when he rented his house to Prince. He told me the story off the air, and it was so good. I was like, i got to make this one of the sit-downs. The sit-downs so. have been great, and I'm so glad you grabbed Aaron Boone before he became the manager of the New York Yankees. Like, I, I still am having trouble processing the fact that our boy Booney is now managing the Yankees who just got Stanton, and he was your sit-down, I want to say, like, maybe four weeks ago. Yeah, not that ago. long ago. I think Booney even liked me more than I realized. Oh, he's a big fan of yours. So I sent him a text. I mean, this is this is one of those parts of the job that never gets old. It's it's a cool thing. I don't care that I'm 42 and I've been doing this a long time. But when I sent a text to Aaron Boone to say congrats on being Yankees manager, yeah, and then he texts back, he's like, Hey man, thanks. You look Jack. I, you know, I saw the show the other day. You look awesome. Yeah. <laughs> just like, no, he said that to me. I remember, he was like, "Yeah, Ryan looks huge. We got it. Looks good." Yeah. All right. Anyway, so it's that true. that part of it's hilarious. And then you know, all my Boston friends are like, "You're texting at the Yankees manager right now." And I go, "Well, I worked with him for a while, and I've had him on the show. It's not that weird." Well, dude, um, wait till you tell your Boston buddies you're going to go to a Yankees game and you're going to go in the manager's office and say hi to Aaron Boone, your friend. Like, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, be like, why you didn't think about you know sending Gardner there? <laughs> Dave Robertson was seventh. Just away. <laughs> hey, just just between you and I. Like, just a the, thought, yeah. Yeah, how, what are you doing with the outfield defense right now? Right. Um, speaking of talent, though, and guys that we're close with, 450-plus, what, maybe almost 500. It was a talent summit. That's why I was off of my own show yesterday, then called in when Stugatz did it. Yeah. All of us were in a room. And I'm going to tell you, because of what we all do being on air, guys, we're all egomaniacs, the whole deal. Like, we always think we have the answers, and we always think we're going to know it. And then when it's – Combined with a work thing, you're like, okay, what are we all doing here? Like, yeah. you know, what's going to go on? I thought Skipper, Connor, Van Pelt, you know, and I know I'm leaving a few people out here. Barry Blaine, our guy. Barry Blaine. Sage. It was Edek. awesome. Sam, like, yeah. They did an awesome job of kind of doing a, hey, man, like this is where ESPN's at. This is where we're positioned. And we're sick of reading all this stuff about us. And that's negative, And here's why it isn't true. And you're looking around that room, and, and they kept pointing it out, going, like, look at all of these people in here. Yeah. So what role did you play? Where were you sitting? Well, so Ben Lyons had contacted me ahead of time and said, listen, I'm going to invite myself on to Cinephile. How about we knock out a Golden Globes preview Cinephile? You can run it next month, and then we'll go grab lunch and go to this talent meeting. And I said, yeah, it's great. So I was just happy to hang out with Ben again because Ben's the best. So Dan Stanzik stepped in. We did our cinephile. And then we said, go, go grab lunch. And then, as you said, as you're walking the hall, as you go, there's Jay Billis. Oh, there's whomever. And I got really excited. Brad Gilbert was there. And I didn't 
I mean, I'm, I'm a big tennis fan. So I really want to have you not to, talked to Brad I'm, Gilbert? No, I, and I'm a huge fan. We've communicated over Twitter. Like I, I, when I was on the former iteration, so you were like intimidated by Brad Gilbert. I wouldn't say I was intimidated. I was very excited to talk to Brad Gilbert. But I was with Ben. We're grabbing lunch, and then Sutcliffe's in lines. I gave Sut a big hug. Hey, Adnan, yeah. you grabbing some sushi? Out <laughs> yeah, no, that's what he said. Yeah, and I said, Sut, I'm sorry, it's my son's choir tonight. Because we we're all going out for dinner. I think there's hey. some habanero on this one. Hey, how, how did Booney not make you his bench coach? Are you kidding me? All those years, you you carried him. You're gonna be kidding me. This thing be wild if Tito Francano were in the house. But but I said to Sut like he flew in from Kansas City for the. I flew through Minnesota. It's unbelievable. I thought I'd see a bunch of people. Nobody was there. I'm the only one dumb enough to fly through Minnesota in December. I love you, buddy. I'll see you over there. I got to tell you, Skipper's taller than I thought. <laughs> we, got, we got some hat in management. <laughs> now we're sort of just doing. I don't, I don't, I don't know if he yet. can spin it though. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna have to get Skipper in the box. See if you can guys spin are it. overrating Rosillo. He's got thin hips. No, no. Well, that's the other part of it. I, I Did he mention me? Well, no. But I thought of it after. I said, "Jesus." Everybody wants like, us to fight. Well, not everybody. Mainly Booney, actually. To bring it back to the Yankees manager, I don't want to fight Sutcliffe. Is he listening? I thought about it after. I was like, "Hey, Sutter, you, do you have time after? We just, we just want to do like a tail of the tape." Yeah. Okay. Arm wrestle. Maybe just push each other. Slap fight. Open handed. Right. 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 See who submits. No, and he likes that kind of stuff. Yeah. No. I'll get a little, a little rough with him after I have a couple pork sliders. <laughs> okay, so who intimidated you there? Was there um, anyone that intimidated you? I don't know about intimidated. I was really happy to see Sean McDonough. I love Sean. He's always been a really loyal supporter of mine. Well, thank you, Adnan. You know, yeah, he's got great pipe right away. He's like, nice to see you again. I'm like, all right, McDonough. Uh, you know, third quarter annoyed McDonough <laughs> with the officials. That's That's always my favorite. Well, John, I'm not quite sure what he saw in that one. I don't know why you would challenge it. It doesn't seem to make much sense from our angle. That's a pretty good McDonough. Wow. I listened to him my entire life. Bro. Uh, that's yeah. pretty good. I like that. Uh, but no, nobody necessarily intimidated. I wanted to talk to BG, but I was happy to see Ben, Adam Amin, and Ishwap. Brad Shroff. Gilbert, dude. Are you serious? Brad? Scotty Pippen was there. <laughs> I see Scotty around the halls. I never Brad see Gil- him. Brad Gilbert was Agassiz's coach. Like He's awesome. I felt bad because there's a couple of people. I'm like, what? You're still? Oh, shit. No, I don't mean because of layoffs or anything like that. Like I just, I hadn't seen some people oh, okay. in so long, right? That I was like, oh wow, hey, right. you know, I'm not. Gosh, now you make me feel bad. No, Sudi had texted me. He goes, who, is, is Teddy Atlas there? And I said, I, I haven't seen him. And he goes, who's the biggest star? No, go, because that was Stu Gatz. Like Stu Gatz, those guys were trying to guess who wouldn't be there, right? Because he goes, is Greenberg there? And I'm like, uh, I didn't see Greeny, but no. Golik and I, wrote, I rode over with Golik and his son. So I can testify to one half of the former Mike and Mike. I saw you, Will Kane, Field Yates was sitting with you guys. Uh, I, I was happy to see the college football guy, Brock Heward. Uh, PJ Carlissimo was there. I said to PJ, I go, I never see anymore. He's like, oh, come out to Seattle sometime. I'm like, yeah. all right, yeah. So, right, I got to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, PJ. You I, see, son? He's a big dude. <laughs> I'm uh. so happy to see PJ. I haven't seen that guy in years. He's awesome. <laughs> Big hug right away. I'm like, ah. Right. Casey's got the Raptors going. I'm like, yeah, all right. Peace you watching your Johnnies? I think Mully's doing a hell of a job. <laughs> Arizona State has a tough one, though. <laughs> Arizona State. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Vilma asked a question, which was the all-time upset. Yeah, and he was like in the bleachers section. Bleachers, <laughs> God. So... <laughs> Uh, I, I I mean this, and I, I sincerely mean this, and if I didn't mean it, I just wouldn't even address it. It was... Oh, it was very positive. Dude, I'm glad we did it. Uh, I hope the people that put that together understand that 
there were a lot of people, like there was a lot of people that are on air that were out last night talking about it, going, that was awesome and really well done. Yeah. All right, so I think now we've probably gone a little too inside the whole time here, but we just want to do some Sut impersonations. Oh, by the way, Greeny was there. Uh, Randy Scott is confirming via text. Greeny was there? Yeah. I wonder if he was sitting in the back going, so Van Pelt's going to present at this thing? He, Not me? He was right behind Brad Gilbert. Go ahead. I know. It was weird when they ran like the video clip of all the best moments from the entire year. Oh, I love wow. this picture! <laughs> it didn't include that moment, sadly. Priscilla's show brought to you by ZipRecruiter.com. Try it for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Russ, R-U-S-S, at ZipRecruiter.com slash Russ. This is everyone's favorite rumor. It is dumb, and it is never going to happen in the NFL, but it's going on right now. It's ESPN Radio. Now that Human Resources Director Fernando Pino has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, he's completely crushing it. He even has his own hype song. Supporting our entire workforce, everyone has different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. Motivating and engaging our people every step of the way. Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. I'm on the top, I'm gonna rise up. I'm on the top, top, I'm gonna rise up. I'm on the top. All right, we got Adnan. Everybody's in a good mood. Everybody's in a great mood. Steve Young a little bit later. Teddy Bruschi, and here on the Rosillo Show, uh, we get some other stuff we want to do. It sounds like more people just want us to do more conversations between Sean McDonough and <laughs> Rick Sutcliffe. I love the McDonough. The McDonough's up. Even you've been sleeping on the McDonough. Maybe I just haven't paid attention. That's you've never great, heard me do the Sean McDonough no, that's before. A great it's not McDonough. even that. I'm nailing the voice. Like, he has a deep voice. I had a deep voice. When I first did double-A sock stuff, a couple guys were like, you sound like you're trying to do McDonough. You're just terrible at play-by-play. And I go, well, I, you know, I mean, McDonough's the guy I, I watched all the time as yeah. a diehard Red Sox fan. But it was what you could always tell is when McDonough would get annoyed with things. And every now and then, like, I hear Red Sox announcer McDonough on Monday night, and I love it. Like, I'm at home going, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, when he, was, when he would do Sox games or something – you know, he'd be like, oh, I'm not a balls and strikes guy by nature, but not quite sure what Joe West is seeing today, Jerry. <laughs> and you're at home going, yeah, Sean, <laughs> yeah. this guy sucks behind home. <laughs> he calls up umpires. <laughs> Get up. <laughs> oh, you're I, terrible. That's what I love about McDonough, though, because he has a bit of edge to it. There's him, a like, little edge, yeah. Right. It's very, and it's it very Dude. few play-by-play guys would ever kind of break into that, Mm-hmm. You know, keep opinion out of it. Call the play. McDonald's like, no, yeah. I can't give my opinion. Absolutely. Another another challenge by Marty Morningweg. <laughs> the fans will be questioning Tuesday morning. <laughs> and you're like, whoa. <laughs> but if he's right, you're right. It's another yeah. element. So there you go, I kids. Every now and then throw it in there. So uh, we'll do a little more sut later. What's up with this Romo to the Eagles thing? So ridiculous. Like, let's get this out of the way. Like, and you're an Eagles fan. Correct. For those may have forgotten. I was emotional when Carson Wentz went down. Obviously, it's the worst How case emotional? scenario. I choked up for a second because I because I started to believe this was the year. Like when you when you have fandom bordering on thirty years, you do go, you want this more than any single event in your life? Because I've never seen it happen. You got three kids. You right? got three of those. Everybody's doing that. <laughs> exactly. Nothing unique about that. An Eagles Super Bowl that would be unique. And I just felt like honestly, this was such a balanced Eagles team. 
The run defense is number one. The secondary, which is thought to be a big weakness, is actually better than expected. They've got the receivers now. The running game is balanced with a giant blunt. I'm like, yeah, we, this is a loaded team now. Like, you stack them up against maybe not the Patriots, but the Vikings, certainly the Saints in the NFC, et cetera. So Wentz goes down, you go, all right, how good is Foles? Had the one year where he was unbelievable, and you go, all right, this guy's a stud. And then Chip got rid of him, just traded for Sam Bradford. I mean, he was like, did you really think Foles was a stud? No, I was like, he had a really good year. Because wasn't it weird how everybody, because I remember Nagandi coming on a couple times, like when we were yeah. doing, and, and it was almost like, well, how come people can't give Foles a little bit more credit? And it was like, yeah, it's almost like no one thinks this is real. Right. And everybody, by the way, ended up being right. Correct. So I'm like, is he serviceable? Yeah, he's fine. All right. He's fine. But look, nobody is discounting the fact the Eagles are not going to win the Super Bowl this year now, and they're certainly not going to win it with Nick Foles being a stud. Can they be successful? Can they get to the NFC Championship game? Sure. Because they can get the first round by with a win against the Giants this Sunday, and then they can get to the championship game, but I don't, I don't think they beat the Vikings or the Saints, and even if they do, Ryan, they're not beating the Pats or the Steelers. Now, that's not to say Foles is terrible. He's fine. He's just not good enough, I think, when it's going to really matter. So the rumor is out there, Tony Romo to the Eagles, which is laughable on multiple levels, primarily the fact he has not played football this entire year, cannot just strap him up, learn an entire new offense, go to his mortal rival, and then lead them to the playoffs. I've never liked the idea that like you can't if somebody's talented at that position it's just impossible for them to understand all of your route trees it's impossible like the position they played their entire lives terminology and your scheme it's impossible for these guys to figure it out and when Favre did it with the Vikings and almost won an MVP and was incredible mm-hmm. it was still was it Bevel that was there with the Vikings yeah, it was it was just an offense that was a very easy transition so maybe that's the unfair thing to compare it to but maybe it is that hard maybe coaches are control freaks and it prevents it from being a reality or anything like that. But you're telling me if they had Romo, if they brought him in, suited him up, let him practice for a week, and then started the next game, you wouldn't like any of that. No, I think it would be a mistake. I think you'd be asking a lot of Tony Romo to just be able to flip the switch and be the Tony Romo of the past. Do you think Eagles fans agree with you? Is this you being I, I a think, professional sports I think, guy? I think it's professional sports because I bet you you'd get a good split. I think you get a good fifty. Throw no, I think it's more. Show. I think there'd be more Eagles fans. Seventy percent yes. Get Romo in yeah, here. Get him in here. Foles isn't any good. He's a career backup. Romo's shown he's been a stud. He hasn't been hurt this year. We've got a good offensive line. Let's do this. Okay. Do you think Romo would do it? Let's say let's play super fantasy here. Okay. Adnan Verk, Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio. Oh my picture. If they go, hey, we want you, buddy. You know, this is we'll pay you whatever we can pay you. Sure. Do you want to suit it up here? You know how good this team can be. Three games left in the regular season plus playoffs. Are you can you can you give us six games? We'll, we'll simplify the offense for you. <laughs> this really, I, would Romo do it? I know. I don't think he would. I don't think he would. Why wouldn't he do it? Is it because of the Eagles or is it because he's killing it at CBS? I do think he's killing it at CBS. I think he's a very successful. Okay, analyst. can I jump in here? Sure. If he's if we all agree he's doing a great job at CBS, the there could be a, for there could be a year. 15, 20 year run. Right. CBS would probably just give it back to him whenever he wants. Fine. For six games, go ahead. Do okay. It, okay. So we'll rule that I, out. I don't think it's the Eagles thing. I don't think he goes, oh, they're my mortal rival. I think that people go, oh, whatever, fine. I hated them all those years. But I think he'd like to go job. at Garrett, but he probably didn't even have to worry about them now. See, that's interesting. If he felt like, you know what, I want to stick it to the Cowboys. Not fan base, but their former coach and and all that went with it. By the way, who picked the other guy over me? And now I don't have a job because you picked Dak, who now isn't as good. I mean, a lot of this stuff could be unfair, but it wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the history of human nature to go, you still picked somebody over me. Right. Do you, yeah. Do you think that part of, 
Listen, part of Romo would probably love to stick to the Cowboys. Absolutely. And you would be sticking it, even if the Cowboys would make the playoffs, you'd be Correct. sticking it to them by going to win with the Eagles. Now, mm-hmm. does it mean win a Super Bowl? Does it mean just getting there? Does it mean that, oh, hey, I could feel how I feel about Garrett, but I still love Jerry Jones? Mm-hmm. I just think it, this is where I always, like, this is where I think fans can hate us when we're on the air. Because we're acting as if because we have microphones in front of us, we're like, oh, that's ridiculous. Romo's going to step in and going to be able to help you right away. And the fan might go, why, not? If, why, why, why wouldn't Romo be better than Foles? Right. It's not like he started the TV gig three years ago. He thought he was going to be on a team this summer. Right. I think then people underestimate how tough the job is and how important routine and rhythm is. You're probably right. Tweet the show, 1-800-Flowers.com, Twitter feed, at Rosillo Show. Uh, this is one of the most popular players in his sport, and right now he's still incredibly popular, but I think we are very close from the story that is being told about him changing dramatically. I'll tell you who that is next with Adnan Verk, The Rosillo Show at ESPN Radio. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on homeowners insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you build a giant pillow fort in your living room, and when people ask why you have a pillow fort in your living room, you say it's for your dog, and when they ask... What kind? You say, "Uh, chocolate lab? And we have a web of lies that's almost as intricate as the crown molding in Fort Pillow. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the pillow soft fortress you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on homeowners insurance. I tried to get into some of that Oasis stuff. We got Adnan Verk, Rosilla Show, ESPN Radio. Liam, the documentary that came out recently. Supersonic? Yeah, was that the last couple years? Last year? Last year, yeah. I I couldn't make it through it with those guys. I still am so annoyed by both of them. It's a shame what's happened to him. Yeah, I agree. They're just huge jerks, right? Like it's <laughs> to each the, other, yeah, and to everybody, way. right? To ever, they're just gigantic jerks. I find it funny. <laughs> it is funny, but I also think at the time, and that was late '90s, where you're, you're sitting around, you're starting to get into Tool big time. Yeah, yeah. You know, System of a Down was starting to blow up, and Candlebox. And I'm, I love that stuff, right? Yeah. I'd like Tool to make maybe a few more albums, but that's all right, guys. You're artists, and. Then all of a sudden, Oasis comes out like, "Yeah, we're the greatest rock band in the world." And you're like, "Shut up!" Right. But they tried to they tried to play that thing off there for like a two year window that they were now the new Beatles and they would be forever the greatest thing going, and it didn't last. Both but, have new albums out though this year. Both pretty good, and they both hate each other. Yes. Who do you whose side are you more on, Liam or Noel? I think Noel's the bigger jerk. I'm actually probably more on Noel's side because I just can't imagine dealing with Liam. Like Noel was about the music, and Liam was about. Being a rock and roll star and party, and that's what Noel really didn't like. Gotcha. But it's it's fifty fifty because Liam's voice is what makes the bands. I mean, I know Noel wrote them. Right, Team Noel. I mean, Wonderwall is awesome. What about Space Hog? They Love have those. Out recently, Royston and Anthony Langdon. Love yeah. those guys. Space Hog, underrated. Yeah, Space Hog. What's what's their main hit? Love me all. In the meantime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Did you find that one? Yeah, that's a great. I love that played song. in the past. The, the opening's great. Yeah. Oh yeah, whole chorus. That's awesome. Space Hog had a very large gap between. <laughs> stuff yeah in the meantime was yes. apropos for yeah. the band's tenure speaking of yeah great song what's your what's the weirdest you've ever gotten at a concert uh you know i haven't been to a whole bunch of concerts to be honest with you but i don't no one invite you do you not have any friends no no i'm just not a big live concert like, there's canadian bands you guys would know but the tea party i love uh um, rush you rot tragically hip you guys would know Rush, I've never been to Rush before my time. But um, no, there's a few back in the day. Sure. You take great pride in Rush, though. Like, nationally. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I definitely, it kind of like with Liam with uh, Rick Astley. Like, I just go, all right, you know what? That's our guy. Yeah. That's our guy. <laughs> uh, 
I started the show with this, and here's the theory. The theory is this, is that as much as we all love Russell Westbrook, because I think you should, if you're a, a fan of, of athletes, like, look, everybody listening, the whole deal, we know how it goes. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of sports, the one thing you should hope is that the guy that you like the most, the guy that you root for, cares. Because a fan, a lot of times you just want the guy to care as much as you do. And the worst feeling ever is when you feel like you care more about the outcome than the actual athlete. And for Russell Westbrook, I don't think there's ever been any debate when you watch him, we know how competitive he is. We know how the energy, it's maximum all the time. Like These are things we should applaud, and we do applaud for the most part. But I feel like Westbrook last season became this massively popular player, not just because of the triple-double and the MVP. It's that I want to go root for that guy that stayed in on the Thunder instead of the Durant guy that went and went the easy way with Golden State and now makes my love, my life harder as a fan of some of the other teams. But when I watch this season play out with the Thunder, and who knows, they can turn this thing around, but there are times where I go, this is Russ trying to force a win. He's trying to strangle the basketball into a W while two more talented players, not more talented than him, but talented than players he's had in the past, a Paul George, a Mello, who's been a disaster. Look, I'll just admit that part of it, where you go, could he become the guy that's actually so hard to play with that this love affair with Russ becomes this thing where where, where fans will just go, you know what? I don't think you can win with that guy, and he is tough to play with. And look how much better Oladipo is, and Durant wanted to leave him, and Paul George didn't re-sign. I think we could be seeing, not saying it's going to happen, but I could see how that story could play out this year. Yeah, I think just like building a case, you need more than one example. So you're right, Durant is, is the first block who said, listen, there's a reason why I don't want to be with this guy. You would just need more kind of supplemental data. Like you said, if George ends up leaving town, if Mello comes out eventually a couple of years from now and says, yeah, the real reason that didn't work out with the Thunder was because of Russ, then all of a sudden you go, all right, if multiple people are saying this, then maybe you don't have to stick to your position that Westbrook is is unimpeachable, that he's immune from criticism. And ultimately it comes down to winning. Like Part of the reason why everyone likes him, you're right, he's fearless, he's competitive, he's he's gutsy, like all those words you use, you know, gritty. But if he's not a winner, you know, if they're eighth in the West and they get bounced against uh, the Warriors, the Rockets, then all of a sudden it goes from, yeah, he's a nice player, but he's not capable of winning. And you can appreciate effort and you can love guys who are gutsy. But if you're not a winner, then all of a sudden the sheen comes off pretty quickly. So I think in answer to your question, if the Thunder have a bad year, if they finish eight, let's say, and they get swept, I don't think you'll the, – the Russ supporters will stay stringent and go, yeah, it was Melo's fault. George wasn't really invested. But if there's another year of that, if there's another year of not bringing another guy, you'll start to see it dissipate. But the Westbrook fans now will say it's not his fault the team around him isn't as good as him, meaning it's not his fault Melo stinks. It's not his fault George already has one foot out the door. Okay, but when you think back on the Iverson thing, that change, that change yes. that I'm talking about that could potentially be in front of Westbrook, that also happened to Iverson. Agreed? Agreed. It went from... What was it? It went from a love his game, he's a one-man band, he's such an incredible scorer, he's freaking 5'11", 150. Toughest player, pound for oh pound. Oh my God, he's so gritty. And then it was like, yeah, wow, nobody likes playing with him, he's a ball hog, he shoots too much, he's selfish, he's arrogant, he's lazy, he doesn't practice. It's all the things you hate about a person all of a sudden. Can't win with him. Right. Which is crazy. Like, even now when I think about Iverson, I don't know if he's overrated or underrated. He's probably properly rated because those that love him will still tell you how passionate he was. And I love seeing Iverson at his apex. But the decline was swift. And the, and the decline was unmistakably there. We can talk effort, competitiveness, pride, all of those things. But does your style of play, do your numbers lead to wins? That's what should matter the most. There's a lot of guys that can get numbers in that league. And it doesn't mean that every one of those guys that gets numbers means you're going to start winning games. And I am fearful, I don't know if I should say fearful, because, I mean, do I really, am I scared? Do I really care that much about it? No, but I, 
because there's so many things about Westbrook that I like, but I'll admit I have a lot of times over the last two years where I watch him play and I watch the Thunder play, and I know it's a different talent base, but it's kind of the same results at times where you go, is he holding them back? Is he ever going to change his style of play? And then would it turn? Would the public then turn on him and go, oh, actually, like we did with Iverson, yeah, I know, but he can't win that way. Right. And that seems impossible. That seems impossible that everybody would turn on him that way. And it probably felt that way the same way with Iverson because everybody loved Iverson for a while. It would take back-to-back years of around 500 teams to the Thunder before you'd really see the shift on Westbrook. Okay, coming up next, Aaron Rodgers, the playoffs, impossible. One of us says that. Coming up next, Steve Young and Brewski this hour at CSBN Radio.